Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And hello and welcome back everybody to another fun-filled week as we dive further into the world of games. So this week we have a very interesting topic for you guys. It's the idea that shorter games could be better than longer games? Maybe? I think that's just really a matter of personal preference, but (laughs) there's a lot to say about a shorter game versus a longer game, like about the immersion, the story level, the content that's being explained in them. Can you tell a really deep story with a short game or can a shorter game leave that a huge impact on you versus a longer title? Or is a short game worth your money, right? I mean, that's a huge thing to kind of consider, especially nowadays with the prices of games growing astronomically, right? Like they used to be 50 bucks and then they went to 60 and now they're hitting $70 for a brand new game. That's insane. And if you spend $70 on a game that you beat in a weekend, are you pissed? I would be. (laughs) I mean, personally, right? So it's just one of those things that we kind of have to start thinking about our budget a little bit, right? And start thinking about what we're spending our money on and then start equating that to your value of life, I guess. This is a really interesting philosophical question. How much is your time worth? Is 10 hours in a video game worth $70 of your life? I don't know, but let's find out. So there's a lot of great short games out there. And I think the definition of short versus long game, we should probably dive into that a little bit, right? Because like our definition of a short game might be different than someone else's. Uh, Because we play a lot of really long games. Right. Uh, So we have some titles that are pushing 100 hours and with these JRPGs and sorry, RPGs. I need to break that habit. Uh, After doing a whole episode about it, you think I would break that habit by now. But no. (laughs) (laughs) But then like for some people, a 20 hour game might feel like a short game for others. That's a good length. That's a long game for them. It just depends on how much time you actually have. So for you, what do you consider a short game? game or like what kind of time frame are you looking at so for me i feel like a short game would be kind of dependent on the genre uh you know it's i feel like anything i can really beat within 10 hours Mm -hmm. to be short i feel like when it comes to horror games like 10 hours is kind of almost long enough. You know, I feel like that's really the only genre that's like, you don't want it to go on too long. Unless it's Resident Evil 4, and then 25, 30 hours is just right. (laughs) True. I mean, the Resident Evil, the main reason with them, at least there's like a new game kind of plus where you unlock new stuff. It makes the game fun. And it's more like action-y oriented, right? So... It, yeah. it does break up the horror. Like if it was just a pure horror game for like 30 hours, you would become numb very quick. Yeah. And people have tried making games that long, like with horror. I forget the name. I know it was, I know it came out recently, like a few years ago, but there was one that was, I think over 20 hours. And it's just like, 
this is too long for a story. Like yeah. it, it's weird because usually you want more bang for your buck, but sometimes short games just tell a story better. But it's a long time to hold tension. Yeah, it. I feel like after ten hours, like maybe fifteen, you know. But once you hit twenty, especially with like a spooky game, like you just can't. I don't know if I could feel that kind of tension because then I feel like it really would just turn more into like a game mm-hmm. rather than being immersed. Right. But for a lot of games, I would, when it comes to like RPGs and stuff, you know, short would be like 20 hours, mm-hmm. 25, you know, like I feel like nowadays you kind of have that division in RPGs where. Some people want the really long games, you know, 60 to 100 hours. Some people just want it at a good 20 or 30, you know, so there's not enough filler grinding, which I feel like most modern RPGs kind of gotten rid of that grind to make games a little bit shorter. Because when you look back at some of those RPGs from the 90s, you, you have to realize like, oh, probably a good eight to 10 hours is just grinding the same battles over and over again for yeah, either just experience running in or circles weapons. in front of a save stone <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like i don't know i was thinking about it the other day because there's been times i've gotten short games and i was kind of bummed that they were short like i'm saying like maybe an hour too long mm-hmm. and they're like a 20 dollar game so it's like yeah sometimes if a game's short, you know, you have to think about it like a movie, right? You're spending, I don't even know how much tickets are nowadays, like what, 20 bucks? Yeah, which is insane. I, I feel like that's so much money for a movie ticket. It, yeah, especially if the movie's like, if it's at least two hours, I'm like, okay, like $10 an hour, which already is kind of high. Mm-hmm. But it's almost minimum wage here. It's more than some states. <laughs> That's what's crazy. I'm like, damn, that's like more than an hour of pay for some people, like, or a good chunk of people, really. But especially if they're in the service industry, making what, like, average two dollars and something an hour. Yeah, it's. mm, I it's interesting because I feel like recently a lot more movies have been trying to push like longer time frames. I'm sometimes wondering, like, is it because people want more movie for the money but Mm. yeah with games is this isn't a new concept that the price of games are going up especially with say with how long the games are you know this really long games in general didn't really happen until like the 16-bit era right like the super nintendo um, obviously PC games always kind of have a little bit longer, but I'm more so focusing on like console just because I feel like that's a good chunk of people's experience, especially pre two thousands. I think but, the, the situations were different back then too, right? Like a lot of the games prior to that were ports of arcade games where someone yeah. is standing, you're looking to try and get quarters out of people, right? Like even Gauntlet legends, which is a fantastic little game. But they have a mode where if it's an arcade version of it, your health is slowly depleting so they can get more quarters out of you. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's a way to it's just like quick experiences. But then with the consoles, 
They realized that people can sit down for longer periods of time. Graphics were getting better so they can tell better stories or they felt like they can portray the stories properly. So it just kind of makes sense that stories like games started to get longer as we started to gravitate away from arcades and more into home console systems. Yeah. And I feel like I guess you could take a good example, even in the 8-bit era with like Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Star, like those games were compared to other games on that platform long, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like those all were around the 15 hour mark, 10 hour mark. Mm-hmm. I know the original Final Fantasy is pretty short, but you know, for a lot of people that was long, especially for a game that actually tells a story, you know, you could play Pac-Man for 10 hours and be happy, but a game of the story, you know, there, it, didn't really exist on the console too much, especially at that length. And then obviously once the Super Nintendo came around, the Genesis, there was more storage, more space to create longer stories. You know, I think back, you know, Earthbound was over $70 when it came out. Granted, it came with a strategy guide and it came in a big box. Like it was, you know, I feel it kind of worth the money at that point. Games cost that much back then? Yeah, games like almost for a hundred dollars. Like that a lot of people seem to forget that if you look back at like magazines for like or ads for maybe early mid nineties, there were games like for the Super Nintendo that were hitting like eighty dollars. I think some even hit a hundred. I don't remember which ones. That's crazy. yeah, and I guess it makes sense because it it costs more to make the cartridges, and there's probably limited releases, so like companies couldn't put out as many. Like a disc or a digital copy of something is easy now, right? The digital copies mm-hmm. they don't have to do anything, but back then those cartridges had a lot in them, right? Like with the chips, the soldering, everything, all the work that got put into a cartridge. It's pretty impressive, and that's that's just the physical side of it, right? Like the board, the the cartridge and the game manual, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, you look at earthbound, you look at final fantasy six, like those games were so long compared to games before it, right? Now these games are starting to hit that 30 hour mark, maybe beyond that. And so people felt justified paying those prices. And, I tried digging and seeing if people complained about those prices back in the day. And there was an interesting justification to some of these prices. Back in the early mid-90s, there was a lot of discrepancy with parents in games. And this was actually a big thing when the Super Nintendo came out. A lot of parents didn't want to buy it because, you know, they had just bought an NES few years before it you know Mm -hmm. to parents what the hell is the difference between a nintendo and a super nintendo right so when these games come out you know they're all of these new games back then were i think the base price i think was still 50 to 60 dollars like prices really haven't changed that much i think when the playstation one came out and the discs came out games became a little bit cheaper if i remember but Mm -hmm. For the Super Nintendo, parents would see these games and they'd be like, do you really need this game? Like, you're, 
why would I spend $80 on this game that's probably not going to last that long? So the justification was, you know, on the boxes, they would put, play this game for over 100 hours. And you would see that on a lot of these games where it's like, have like tens of hours of fun. Mm. Basically telling parents, hey, this game is going to last a long time. You know, your money is going to be worth it with these. So parents felt justified buying these games for that price if it meant they won't have to buy another game for a long time. Well, and they and weren't that's really... like buying a lot of games every year. Like I remember as a kid, I'd get maybe two, three games a year if I was lucky three. Right. So the, I needed yeah. games that were long so I can keep playing them or they had a really great replayability or something like that. I feel like for me, a lot of it was I would rent mm. a lot of games. And then if there was a game I knew would be longer, like an RPG I would usually buy it and it actually really worked out well uh, doing that. I feel like my parents never got mad at me asking for too many games to buy just because I always be like, Oh, let's go and rent this. You know, let's rent Donkey Kong country because it's short. Mm -hmm. And so that was, I feel like when we started seeing the price tags going up, kind of justify the length and it makes sense, right? 60 hour game, $70. Like, okay, I can get that. That's almost a dollar dollar ratio. Mm-hmm. You know, it, people scream for that nowadays. But back then, it was kind of a new concept. And when the PlayStation 1, the N64 came out, you know, this just changed even more. I mean, maybe not for the N64, just because it was still stuck on cartridge. So it's not like there was a whole lot of space for long games. You know, I'm trying to think, like, I don't think there was really that many long games on the N64 other than, like, maybe Paper Mario, which I think that, if I remember right, that was still a pretty short game. Well, I mean, the capacity shows with the fact that Final Fantasy left the N64 during that era. They just didn't have the ability to hold the amount of information they wanted to put into that game and the length that they wanted to put into it. So that just it definitely shows the limitations. And I, I think that's why Nintendo like licensed Nintendo games are typically shorter still to this day, I mean, except for Breath of the Wild, of course. Right. But for the most part, they're not like long by, let's say, like Sony or Xbox standards. Yeah, I mean, they're they're RPGs, you know, because I mean, you have to think or at least like the console exclusives, right? Like your Xenoblade and stuff like they still create really long games. It's just, yeah, like I always feel like they always try to get that bite size playtime. And when you look at the PlayStation one, I feel like that's when we really started seeing the games that could go over 60 hours right the 100 hours i know me when i played dragon warrior 7 back in the day that was at one point the most time i ever spent in the game i think i clocked in like 300 hours which (laughs) for a kid that was like under 13 i feel like that's back then that was pretty damn good so i I met a kid that's got you beat thousand percent so there's a kid that's in my esports group currently that he showed me so we one of them is smash brothers that we play right and Mm -hmm. he recently showed 
me his hours played or hours logged. Uh, and he's sitting over a thousand hours in Smash Brothers alone. God. Yeah. So that's uh, he's definitely got his money worth <laughs> or his parents' he, money worth in that game. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like getting to like those kind of games that that's going to be like definitely something I want to touch on soon because I feel like multiplayer and especially when we get to like free play free to play games it really changes the topic especially when it comes to like short experiences but looking at back then you know the money is worth it's it's interesting because I feel like most people didn't take it for granted I mean maybe because I was young I didn't really I never really thought about it, right? I was always just, oh, I'm going to spend however long to play these games. And most of the time, yeah, it was almost always over 80 hours because I just loved experiencing them. Mm -hmm. And I think because once it switched to a disc, it it became a little bit cheaper, and which is kind of fascinating. You would think it game prices would have kept going up over time, but... But that's when we started getting like the greatest hits on PlayStation, right? Like, yeah, you can pick up Final Fantasy VII for twenty bucks and get like yeah. hundred hours of blah blah. Like, that was awesome to me. Seeing that greatest hit section just meant cool. I can definitely get a game from my mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it. I always loved that. I remember I hated the green, but it meant that I'm gonna get a game for very very cheap and there was a lot of good games throwing that greatest hits for the playstation one and two mm-hmm. i remember the two oh my god there was so many good ones yeah. but it's interesting because i feel like back then those long games were just kind of normal and then for rpgs right your your action games your single player well your action adventure games were still pretty short, right? Like your legacy of Kane, stuff like that. Like those games never really went over the eight to 10 hour mark. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once we started hitting like the, I feel like the 360, the PlayStation three eras kind of when it changed, you know, you think about oblivion, you think about Skyrim, you think about, Oh my God, there's so many games that try to push the boundary of what if we made our games a little bit longer by padding it out, right? Think mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, like the first couple of them, not counting the the newer ones that are more like an RPG, but the ones or where it was at least still like the collectathons. That has a, uh, what's it called? Like a level gate to the actual story. So you're forced to go and grind for countless hours just to get more like tiny bits of story bite. Yeah, that that's when I feel like Ubisoft really kind of wanted to make their games long to justify the price tag, but also just to keep people playing, right? Because we ended up seeing later on them incorporating microtransactions to speed things up, which is dirty, mm-hmm. like to a T. But I mean, that's just them. So we start seeing these action games adventure games that normally were never super long because you know there was nothing to really collect if it was they were usually collected pretty quickly but 
now we have these open world games and they already they're adding they're making a story that would only take about 10 15 hours to beat turning it into a 50 60 hour game mm. and can that be justified i mean if you love collecting things sure if you like exploring big open worlds sure but for people that want to experience a story it makes it a little bit difficult and you know something that I was thinking about when I thought of this episode was back on the PlayStation 4. I feel like this was really the time people started getting a little pissed off with short games. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember The Order came out, and I actually played through it recently and really liked it. I know it's a short game, and that's why people hated it uh, when it came out. Like, people that have played it and beat it, most people like it. But at the time when it was full price, people were pissed because it's pretty short. It's like a five-hour game, and it's beautiful. You know, it was a cinematic experience, kind of. And people didn't like that because, you know, you're paying $60 for a four-hour game. People, people don't like that. And that's when I feel like we really started seeing kind of, especially those Sony first party games go a different route. I think with like horizon zero dawn, we start seeing a totally different thing where it's open world. You know, these games can go on for a hundred hours or more. I mean, I've seen people log a hundred hours plus in them and I'm like, while they're enjoyable games, those games that are just long for the sake of adding stuff to make the game longer, it's to me not fun anymore. And as I've gotten older, I'm starting to realize like I'm really liking short games, except for maybe RPGs. Like I still, well, even there, I'm getting kind of testy with it, uh, which I'll bring up in a minute. But it's, we're seeing too many games nowadays pad them out to justify a price tag, I feel. Mm -hmm. And it's a bummer because, you know, think about, like you're saying with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, if they took out the, the level, the minimum levels for a quest, uh, took out a lot of the collecting, and instead of a, 70 hour game turn it into a 25 hour game a 30 hour game while I, now i do feel people would actually prefer that since a lot of people actually dislike that route where it's very very long when it came out people would have been like hey this is a lot shorter than we thought you know it's well, i feel it's, like it's unnecessarily are, long i think that's the yeah. problem with it it's when you're adding that kind of padding to your game, when the actual gameplay is only like 20 hours, the important stuff, then mm -hmm. that's a problem, right? That's something that definitely needs to be addressed in a lot of these games coming out because they need to have the confidence to just put out a 20 to 30 hour game. There's so many 20 to 30 hour games that are just fantastic titles and they're able mm -hmm. to tell a great story along the way. 
And I th- I feel like the the issue that Odyssey runs into specifically is that the story can be fantastic, but by the time you get to it, you're already kind of forgotten because you have to take yourself out of the immersion of the story itself to go back out and grind levels and figure this stuff out, go collect some random crap that really means nothing, and then go back into the story and dive back in and try and keep that excitement going throughout the whole situation. And that's a big problem for players. I I think that really ruins the experience for anybody to get pulled out that far. Like there's a certain time and place for like an ebb and flow when it comes to story beats. Like Shadow of the Colossus Mm -hmm. is a great example, as we've said multiple times, of a good ebb and flow. You have your high highs, your low lows, but they they flow into one another like really nicely. Whereas this is just like a big ass wall in front of you where it's like, Oh, you want more story? Nope. Go back out there. Go in the ocean. Go grind some levels for like three hours and then come back. And you better still care about what's going on. Right? Like that's what it feels like. And that's just not fun for anybody. No, it's it's I think the Shadow of the Colossus is a good comparison because, I mean, it's a game that doesn't add anything more than what the story wants or needs right there's some minor like oh you need to swim to this pillar or do one little thing that's a little different but you know when you look at odyssey as someone who's beaten it it i understood the story i understood where it went but there was so many things in between those story beats that just are forgettable at least for me Mm -hmm. right like i looking back now like i remember the premise of odyssey but all that stuff in between, like, this is kind of a blur. And it's a bummer because, you know, people worked on this. They they spend time on it. And while I did enjoy my time with the game, it's just, I feel like there's so much unnecessary filler when you could just make a very cohesive story that pulls people in. And while I love side quests and stuff if you somehow merge it into the world a little bit better in the story like red dead 2 where the side stuff really feels like it's coherent with the area which Mm -hmm. is kind of fun you know it's hard to see that in games and i feel like right now we are in the phase in games where people are starting to realize that I feel like some games coming out now are starting to be like, oh, maybe we don't need these super duper long games. At least some companies feel that way. I know there's still a lot out there that want to pad it and do it because people are used to it now. It's right? a, a lot Witcher of people... syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, I loved that kind of stuff. When it, I remember that 360 era, I loved all those collectibles. Like that was a downfall for me. I mean, it was kind of a new thing back then, right? Especially when achievements are tied to it. I was always like, oh, I want to get all these collectibles because it's going to give me a Chivo and there's probably some kind of unlock that's going to be added. And like, it was exciting back then. Like, I was like, I love it. I love seeing numbers go up. I love filling out notebooks and stuff like that. But after your 200th game doing that, it's just doesn't, feel special anymore and it it almost feels like a job or a chore you know you think about 
I don't think Sonic Frontiers did it, but there was an open world game that you kind of had to do some of that side stuff to, in order to kind of unlock an area mm-hmm. or areas on the map. And I'm just like, while I know a lot of people do enjoy that kind of gameplay, I feel like there's a lot of people that kind of share what I feel where we're just kind of over that. And we just kind of want to not go straight to the story, but at least give me the option give us to enough do. story beats. Yeah. So when like, say you do two or three main quests and then be like, okay, I'm going to go divvy off for a minute, see some side quests and then come back to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I feel like I'm not really seeing that in a lot of like triple a games. And this is kind of where, for me, a lot of indie titles, I feel like, do the time right in a lot of their games. And, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, that could be to production costs, right? They don't have all these millions to drop on a AAA game that they could pad it out. But for the most part, I always feel like a lot of the games, especially recently that I played, are the perfect length. And, yes, there have been times I've been mad that, games were super duper short and they were full price and i hate to jump on the bandwagon from years ago but i can definitely see why people got mad at a game like gone home Mm -hmm. where it's like an hour-long game or so and it was full price i think it was 20 when it came out and while it has a great topic to talk about it at that point in time there weren't many games that short charging that much. And I can think of one other one, but I feel like it has a more impactful story to tell, which I think is really interesting. So I have a good counterpoint to this, but go ahead and finish up your thought on Gone Home. It's, you know, if there wasn't enough, I feel, in Gone Home personally to convince me to be like oh that that's worth a full price tag Mm -hmm. you know like obviously some people worked on it people deserve their money but i'm like it's hard to justify that when i don't know there's not a whole lot Mm -hmm. you know when it's the price of a movie at least i feel like i see more in a movie or i learn more about a character in a movie Mm -hmm. and while you know the premise of going home is good like i feel like it you know, there's a reason why at one point people really like praised it for what it was trying to do. But at the same time, I feel like it kind of paved way to a lot of games being like, okay, it's okay to be a short game. And people evolved from that game and made, you know, games that maybe are a little bit longer, but can tell more of a story in that small time. And I think that's what's important. Mm hmm. Well, so there's another game that I was bringing up right now. It's they did charge full price for it, but it was like I think it was fifteen or twenty dollars, and it's uh, I think a ninety minute experience, and it's a game that I've talked about a lot on this show. Uh-oh. Yeah, Journey, right? Like Journey yeah. is a very short game, but it's one of those that I feel like when people do play, and obviously the price tag and the time is going to be a major turnoff for people. But the ones that have played the game, like you feel the impact of it. it. It does tell a very amazing story in a very short amount of time. And it 
so I, I think that there's something it, it is really interesting that, you know, a game like Gone Home might be a really good story, but I don't know if I haven't played Gone Home, but I know about it. And I don't feel like that would have hit as hard as Journey does personally. And I, I feel like I would have been one of those people that was upset that like, really, that's it. That's the whole game. I want my 20 bucks back. <laughs> like that's that should be a five dollar game. Right. But like like you said, a lot of people worked on this stuff. Like we have to give them credit. Would have spent more on movie ticket. Yes, 100 percent. But I, I still feel like even though Journey was such a short experience, it's a long lasting experience. It's one of those like I feel like Gone Home is one of those games where it's like, oh, yeah, that was meaningful. All right. Right. But like, I feel like Journey leaves you with the like you are you you're allowed to insert yourself here in this situation. It's you put your whatever your mountain is in front of you. Right. It's the same thing, like kind of with like Celeste. Right. So it it those kind of games that leave it a little bit more open ended with the conflict that's happening, allow you to insert yourself into them and make the story more impactful and last longer, even if you're not playing the game. Because I can't tell you how much I've thought about that game outside of actually playing the game. It's 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 one of my favorites, 100 percent. And I, even though it's one of the shortest games I've ever played, it's going to live with me forever. So there, there's something there's a way to do it. That That's the the important thing to remember. There is a way to make a very, very short game. Very, very impactful. But you need to have a very, very strong message to tell. Exactly. And I, I agree. I feel like Journey did that really well, right? It's a it's a theme or a story that I feel like can relate to a lot of people, or at least a lot of people can understand it. You know, for me, when I played Journey, I was like, this is really good. You know, like, for me, that would be worth the, the price, you know, new. You know, it's granted all these short games or games in general, they could impact someone when it doesn't impact you. That's you true. know, like I look at it like every game out there has one person that maybe it touched them where it was like, wow, this, this game gets me, you know, like it, people can relate to any game almost nowadays because when you get down to the core of writing a character or a narrative, People will always relate to a narrative. You know, it just matters if that game has the right narrative for you. Mm -hmm. And as more and more people are able to develop games from all walks of life, we're starting to see these different narratives, different worldviews, different ideas that it's so much easier for people to feel connected and immersed in a story. Mm -hmm. So you can make a two-hour game and if you make the character you know relate to you know if you relate to that character and that short game it's you know the game is going to be amazing mm -hmm. and i think when i look at gone home that's kind of like a lot of people that really liked it like were like oh i really like relate to this i really feel it and i was like well that's cool and you know like yeah the game did its job Exactly. And, you know, that's why, like, people putting a price on the time spent, it's it's kind of a stupid argument. I can understand why someone would be mad about, you know, wasting time. And granted, 
a lot of, at least Steam has it where, you know, think about this. If it's a game that's under two hours, you can at least return it mm-hmm. or get a refund, which is nice. And I think that you can get a good narrative off of a short game. And going back to what I said earlier about like horror games, you know, I feel like maybe that's why I was always drawn to them for so long because they can tell a whole story pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's never like, for the most part, added BS to make a game longer, right? Like there's puzzles, but they never like make you adventure far away from something where doesn't relate to the story at all they always want to keep that tension and it's it's interesting when you play other games that try to keep a tension level or try to incorporate the player into the world and keep them immersed in it and i feel like Maybe that's why short games might do that a little bit better because it doesn't drag things out. And while I can say there's definitely been like 60 hour games where I felt really connected to it like the whole time, that's a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And going back to our kind of view on, you know, how games are art, I was thinking about how this is just short form art and long form art, mm-hmm. right? Like, their differences, but they can still be beautiful no matter the time. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like I've been really starting to enjoy a lot of these short games. They really, I get what I want out of it and then I'm done. You know, there's so many games to play nowadays that it's hard to keep up. I mean, hell i'm going through so many games right now like i feel like this year i'm like on this constant wheel like a little gerbil just like oh i'm gonna play this oh, i'm gonna play this Damn. and it's, <laughs> it's cool because i'm i feel like i'm going through a lot of these games i've wanted to play but then these new games come out and i'm like oh i want to play this but it's like the nice thing is a lot of these games are kind of short so i'm able to play through them within 15 hours go to the next one experience a nice little bite-sized story jump to the next you know i think the next long game i'm gonna play i mean other than hollow knight but long long is probably new zelda i mean i know that's gonna take quite a long time but in those kind of games it's kind of understandable that they're long right Mm -hmm. especially a game like elden ring or breath of the wild where it's just exploration is the premise and it makes sense that you would spend a hundred plus hours in the game. I know I got, I think, 150 long for Elden Ring. And I honestly felt like I wasn't really clowning around. I honestly felt like I was actually like doing stuff the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because a lot of the time I kind of get burnt out by long games nowadays. Uh, I remember like Tales of Arise when I played that. I think once I hit the 40 hour mark, I was just kind of like, I want to beat this game and just be done with it. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I'm starting to feel that way about if a game doesn't keep my attention after 40 hours, like (sighs) someone told me a long time ago, if you are not feeling a game anymore, just stop. Don't, 
don't push yourself to play it and beat it. And while I did that time for it, because I wasn't that far off from beating it, it's always kind of stuck with me because I've always been a person like, well, I want to see a game to completion. You know, I want to see what the developers had intended. I want to see how it ends. But if you're playing a 30-hour game, and it's at least a 50-60 hour game, and you have a busy life, which most of us do, it's okay to not play more of it, right? If you got your money's worth that first 30 hours, but you're getting really burnt out to the point where it might actually make you not like the game anymore, sometimes it's just worth stepping back from it. I mean, you can always come back to it later, or you can just be done with it. You know, if you really want to see how it ends and you are really burnt out, I mean, everything's on YouTube nowadays. But it's sure you it could save me from getting that way. <laughs> Be smart. Yeah, it, it saves you from getting burnt out. You know, like I do that with games that, you know, if I have no interest in it at all, but people like them, like, yeah, I'll watch someone play it just so, you know, that's not me wasting time on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I could. I'm usually playing a game that I want to play while I'm watching someone play something that I'm interested in, but I know that I wouldn't enjoy playing it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like nowadays we have such a huge kind of selection of short and long games that, you know, we we're lucky we can kind of pick through all this. And then, you know, you have your free-to-play games, you have your MMOs that just are endless, right? They're not really short, bite-sized experiences. So, I mean, that's a whole nother rabbit hole people can jump down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like... I feel like we're heading in a good direction with these kind of, like, more bite-sized games you know as games are starting to hit more of that prestige level right like say last of us or god of war or anything that tries to feel like a movie like until dawn or the quarry like it almost feels right that they're short because they don't overstay their welcome and i'm cool with that you know i I really like Until Dawn, and I felt like that was the perfect length. And, you know, I think a lot of people don't see the the experience. They only see the price tag, and it's kind of a bummer, you know? People spend money on things that might not they might not be interested in, right? You buy, like, say, a... I don't know, something for your room, you get enjoyment out of it for like, what, a day? And then you're like, you never touch it again, right? So I'm like, okay, with these games, like if it's a cool experience for three hours, you know, that's three hours that you probably really, really enjoyed. And to an extent, life's short. And if you have the money that you're able to actually do this, why not? Well, all right, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in on this little topic here of short games and the rise of them. Honestly, there's so many great short games out there. Like, you know, we talked about Journey, of course. Then what about Firewatch? Firewatch is a fantastic experience to live through. 
and there's there's a lot out there and really it just depends on how much time do you have and how you're gonna figure out what to do with it and if a short game brings you joy well guess what brought you some happiness so just enjoy that <laughs> just just live in that relish in it because we like i said we need to find the happiness wherever we can all right well We'll catch you guys next week with some more games, some interesting ideas and topics and all that fun stuff in between. But until then, bye for now.